1: songs with
2: heart with the dying buds it is time once again for the only three lads podcast where each and every week we get to hang out with you and talk about the golden age of alternative music from 1974 to 1999 i'm uncle greg of course we have brett vargo he is the rocktologist on this podcast Well, good morning to you, Greg. All right. Well, good morning. And uh, let's just get right into it because we have big stars. This is like one of those like pinch me moments where we have people who actually I don't know how we tricked them. I don't know who they met and who they tripped. And then, you know, somehow they ended up on this podcast. But we're just thrilled that they're here. Uh,
0: Yes, absolutely. and I have to say thanks because it was because of the wonderful Matt over at Cherry Red, the best label in the world. What
2: did you guys ever do to Matt? How did he talk you into this? But we uh, definitely
0: appreciate it. I'm very thrilled. (laughs) Yes. So should we talk about the topic at hand and introduce our amazing guest today? Yes.
2: We're going to be talking about the top five songs with the word heart in the title. That's what we're talking about this week. So we have our list. That's right. Yes.
0: And in a total shocker, I just want to forewarn you, spoiler alert, my whole list consists of Variations of My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Oh, yes, that's a great song. I know you're a big fan. Yeah. I'm a big, oh, big fan huge, of Sue. Huge, huge, yes. huge. I do not want to gouge my eyes out every time I hear it. Really? I don't know why I'd gouge my eyes out. Probably my ears. I don't know. We're talking about heart, and, you know, it's, it's a nasty-looking little thing, isn't it? But it is a word that says so much. It's life itself. It symbolizes love, pain, devotion, longing, passion, energy, excitement emotion i would say of all the organs it's perhaps the second most essential one in rock and roll and i'll leave it up to your imagination to determine what the first is (laughs) south of the border are we talking about what exactly where Uh, where
3: that's the one one. (laughs) all right well that's true that's the one it's my second favorite organ
0: But we're going to demonstrate in abundance that the heart has been fodder for many of the greatest songs of the O3L era, and I'm going to go ahead and start with one of those great songs. So I'm going to use my number five here as means of an introduction to our guest, Third Lads today, three of them. So my number five pick is "Do You Have to Break My Heart," which is the fourth track from. Crawdaddy, the second major label record by Welsh band The Darling Buds. For all its lyrical woe about the loss of love, it's a gloriously upbeat song, mixing the hand claps and harmonies of girl group classics with an indie sensibility and post-punk fervor. the many things that the Darling Buds did so well during their recording career, all of which has been lovingly curated on the new Cherry Red box set called Killing for Love. Albums, singles, rarities, unreleased, I think I got that all 1987 to 2017. And it contains their early singles and demos, their three albums, which are 1989's Pop Said, 1990's aforementioned Crawdaddy, 1992's Erotica, plenty of B-sides and rarities, and right up to their 2017 EP Evergreen. Yes, it contains all the songs you know and love. Shame on You, Spin, Burst, Hit the Ground, You've Gotta Choose, Let's Go Round There, Tiny Machine, Crystal Clear, It Makes No Difference, Please Yourself, I could go on. It also represents the very first time on O3L that I get to confront one of my high school musical crushes after seeing those videos on MTV's 120 Minutes. I am talking about Andrea, Harley? although uh, Harley and oh. Matt, you're you're plenty cute, <laughs> but it is with great pleasure and privilege that we welcome to only three lads from the Darling Buds, Andrea Lewis Jarvis, Harley Farr and Matt Gray. Hey,
1: hello. Good morning.
0: Hello. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you. The new box set Killing for Love, really something special. As a listener, I love box sets because there's something very rewarding about going back and surveying band's career so comprehensively what was it like for you to compile the box and trawl through demos and live tapes and unreleased tracks were there any particular revelations for you all looking back at it yes well Well,
4: yeah (laughs) it was um well it was quite daunting when we got together first was during um one of the lockdowns and we all kind of got together well it was sort of one of those breaks in the lockdown and we managed to get together face to face and Harley had a big box of uh, cassette tapes, and I had a big box of cassette tapes and um, MP3s, and it was quite daunting, wasn't it? It was uh... <laughs>
3: hours and hours of stuff yeah. really to
4: yeah. listen
1: to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and
4: uh, you know there was not always nice. No, no, it was. Yeah, <laughs> but, but but you've did in you know, when you're mining this uh, thing, you should. I think we when
3: did... we first met though, Matt, we had these boxes of cassettes and. We started listening, but then after a while, we gave up and we just chatted about old times, really. And the memories it brought back more than anything. I think it was a case of... And then, oh, we got to get back to choosing some songs now. (laughs) And I was like, But it was like looking at old photos, pictures, bits that we'd collected. I had a box of stuff of old photos and odd things, and we just spent a lot of time reminiscing, I think. Harley, what was
2: the most vivid memory of that time? Like when you guys were sitting there talking and you're thinking, looking at all this, you know, stuff from back then. And like, what was like, you know, you remember the fun times. Then there was like some of those hard times. What's the most vivid memory?
3: My most vivid memory was when we were in tour in America. So one of my songs was going to be a Tom Waits song. And I was, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. Mm. And we were playing with um, Theolonious Monster, Bob Forrest crazy guy, crazy guy. And, uh, he was hounding, absolutely hounding, um, Tom Waits to come and do some backing vocals. And I just remember being in a toilet in Los Angeles somewhere with Bob and all I heard was this, "Bob first leave me alone. And it was Tom Waits. <laughs> and I was so wow. gobsmacked and it just brought it back. You know, the people we met, the things we did, And I just took it for granted at the time. I didn't really. And now when I look back, I just think, oh, I wish I'd paid a bit more attention. I wish I'd done a few more things. But we met so many great people along the way. And I think when I look back, it's more about the people I met that were great fun to be with. That's what it was for me. There were a lot of bad times, but you kind of brush them aside and you just think about it's the people you meet. The great people that you meet when you're touring, everyone that helps out everyone that's doing something for you mm. and they'll never go. You can't take those away from, from me. And yeah. Andrea,
2: the female perspective, uh, I'm sure that you saw it a different way, but maybe it was better. Yeah. Maybe it was worse. No, but-
1: I, I, you know, Harley's absolutely right. It is, it is the people you meet, but also I think we were close as a band. We were all really good friends. It was just like going on tour with, with your mates. So It was great to experience that all together. And as you said, meet lots of lovely people, go to some really, you know, great, exciting places. We did get treated really, really well, I've got to say. And um, yeah, listening back to... I think it was just such a jogging of my memory because so many of the songs as well that were picked for the Cherry Red album, I hadn't even heard since since we probably recorded them, particularly the unreleased stuff that um, either Harley or, or Matt had on, on cassette because um, I, I didn't have them. So um, to listen back to those was like, I just was, it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, yeah, we did that. You know, I didn't even remember recording it. So, uh, so that was quite uh, strange to listen back. It was a really special time. And, and just like what Harley said, I really don't think when you're young, you don't appreciate it, do you? The same way as when you're older and you think, bloody hell, yeah, I did that. Yeah. And this <laughs> happened and that happened. And really lucky actually, lucky to have had, ex- had that experience.
3: Yeah, yeah, just because, because I, I paid more attention, really. <laughs> Matt's, yeah. Matt's got a good memory. Matt seems to remember an awful lot. Yeah, you love Matt. Yeah,
1: I remember
4: specific, sure. weird, specific things, and I forget <laughs> close friends and family's birthdays, but, but yeah, I can tell you <laughs> some of the odds. Selective memory. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't answer your question, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Went round the houses. Uh, well, I always go back to, for me... I think the, the, the memory that um, always springs to mind is when John Peel played us, the very first time John Peel played um, our first single that, that Harley had funded and basically packaged it all together and had taken it to the BBC in London, popped it into a couple of um, pigeonhole slots that he was told to sort of put these uh, little seven-inch singles in. So we had no idea whether John Peel would ever find this stuff, but he, he did. He played it and um, friends just phoning me up and saying, put the radio on now, mm-hmm. you're on it. And that, I think that's for me, that was that was the moment that I was just sort of like, you know, just blown away, really.
0: That seems to be the constant that we hear with bands, that there is never a thrill that can replicate the first time you're played on John Peel. Yeah. That's very cool. And you mentioned it, the storyline that I get that runs through the Darling Buds career is that you were friends who were just looking to make music and have a good time. Is that easy to maintain, even with major label commitments and outward pressures of people telling you, what you need to sound like, what you need to look like, where you need to be at a certain time.
1: Well, the fun definitely outweighed that for me, but, um, but there were certainly times that, um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we broke up was because of the sort of outside pressure of, um, yeah, management, record labels, all that kind of thing. But, We, you know, we 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 were still friends right until the end. So, um, you know, that that all all carried on. I
3: think when a record label picks up a band, my idea was that they pick you up. They know it's you're in your early stages. They want to nurture you, invest in you, Mm -hmm. and push you in the right direction. And I always thought that sometimes some of the ideas that CBS had at the time they just seemed to follow trends and say oh this is really popular at the time why don't you go into the studio and do a song like that and it wasn't what we were about and i think we were often pushed into sort of the dance thing is a big thing now let's do some dance songs and let's make it sound a bit like this i just wish i'd been a bit more well a bit stronger in but i i think we were in a way we kind of but the trend and we didn't want to do that and we fought with CBS an awful lot you know there were a lot of young bands that were signed that would just go along with whatever they were told and we didn't and I think it made it difficult for us in a way but we always just wanted to do our own thing and, and I think we stuck to that but it did make it difficult for us in the long run you can kind of hear
0: that on Crawdaddy a little bit there's that kind yeah, of push yeah. and pull of what the band I think legitimately sounded like, you know, there's the other side where there's that kind of groove Mm. element being introduced.
1: Yeah. I can remember being in CBS and Sony, they, they became then. And, um, you know, thinking, thinking to ourselves, we don't sound anything like this live. you know. And they were like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about sounding that that live. (laughs) This is what we, you know, this is great. So it was a bit of a contradiction really in, in, for what the band wanted and then what we sounded well sorry for what how the band sounded live to what the record company wanted on record yeah
2: but there's always tracks so you know it doesn't matter if, you know there's magic in the studio then there's uh i don't know what you would call yeah. it on stage there is a masking i guess because um, tracks have become so big now for live concerts and live bands and you know bands performing live it's kind of getting a little bit out of hand so like you don't like they're not really live. There's even vocals. I can understand the backing vocals and I can understand maybe, yeah. you know, horns or something. Yeah, back,
1: be- back then, though, we, we, we were quite a simple little setup, weren't we? There was just uh, one guitarist at the time and one bass, bass. drums. And only a couple yeah. of
0: drums are that. You just have to draw the line when they want you to have a dancer in your band, or like, you know, <laughs> Happy Mondays or, or Stone Roses.
3: <laughs> yeah. That was a big thing yeah. for a time, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think even James had a dancer. They did, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. but then, but then, so did Hawkwind. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and they were a great band. Did Iron Maiden was, ever was, have a dancer? Uh, Anyone uh, remember that? Um, vo- wasn't that the vocalist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> he that, around that, a bit.
2: Didn't Eddie, Eddie. Yeah. Eddie was the dancer, when we- Yeah, but basically, oh, you're right. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie <laughs> was the dancer. That's true. A lot of bands did that back then.
0: Famously, your third and what turned out to be your final album, Erotica, was somewhat upstaged when Madonna released an album with the same title two weeks later, even featured that kind of washed out headshot on the cover. So, first of all, let me just say that your Erotica album is the better of the two. Thank you. But at what point did you find out about that album and did you feel that the unintended association hurt or helped the campaign?
1: Well, we found out too late, didn't we? Otherwise, I think we would have probably changed the title.
0: Yeah.
4: Oh, it was. It was kind of days before we put it out, wasn't it? I yeah. Mean. It was. We remember some of the management running around with their hair all fire because I "Oh my God, Madonna's got a new album coming out." A couple of days, it's called The Rock. And you could sense the panic a bit, but it was kind of annoying, really.
1: Mm. We got a bit of press out of it, didn't we?
4: You know the fan base the fan base never sort of crossed over really and um yeah we got a bit of attention for it as well we ended up in time magazine until we were on tour and time magazine came and did a sort of a picture on us just because we were the, the band with the other erotica album you know mm-hmm. kind of worked. Yeah.
0: first one out so you could say you beat her
3: yeah we did. Yeah, if well interestingly we we had a we started some of the recordings way back and we released mm. an EP called erotica plays which came out well before the album yeah and the style of the photograph on that cover was from the same photographer and it was leading into that album I think the album photographs were done roughly at the same time so I'm not sure when erotica plays was actually 91 but i can't remember what month but um mm. i knew that mm. we had the idea unless Madonna had been sitting on it for years which i doubt it's not the kind of thing she does she does no. something and she, she it's out Oof. straight away she's got that that boot behind her but so i'd like to think that we came up with the idea first and she she pinched it yeah the homage yeah. The we're gonna we're gonna go with that uh, yeah. yeah i think um, we're definitely gonna go with that she obviously thought hey you know that's a great great title and she wanted to steal it
0: yeah, and she did it is a great title could have covered one of our songs she? That would i know that might have helped a bit what song of yours could you imagine or would you want madonna to cover
1: oh 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 god it could still
2: happen
4: technically yeah so. oh yeah i have
1: to look up some of our songs now
4: Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the titles of any of our songs yeah exactly anyone Bean?
1: Yeah, any one of those songs. Just send the royalty checks. Yeah, exactly. yeah go for it, Madonna. Go for and it. Taylor Swift can do one as well. Yeah. Shame on you, maybe? I don't know. Shame on you would be... I
0: I could hear shame on you maybe done kind of like, like a virgin era style. Yeah. It needs a little yeah. pep. What about yeah. crystal, uh, crystal Clear? I think that would ah. be a good one because it's kind oh, of... yeah. yeah. It's oh, quite yeah, that, slick, that's, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Do a good that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's get with Madonna's people on that. Yeah, we'll have our people talk to their people and get something. Yeah, let's get into these
2: lists. I'm excited to uh, see everyone's list. We already know your number five, which was?
0: Which was the Darling Buds. There you go. Do you have to break my heart off of Crawdaddy? N- and do we all have lists today? So we know how to structure oh, no. this? So we, oh, were
4: we nope. supposed to all have a list? I thought it was five. Yeah, uh, I have got my list. Okay. All right. oh, okay, no. well, Harley, I, if, I, you guys wanna,
0: of if you guys want to collaborate, if you want your own, that's fine. We're going to do this. So then
2: we have the meet in the middle. It sounds like Harley because he's the one with the list. For the Darling yeah, Buds. Yeah, my first,
3: I'm, as I said before, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. I fell in love with Tom Waits when I first saw him. He appeared on the Tube, I think, in 1985 in the UK during the tour. And he played in the neighborhood. And I remember it being like, blew me away. It's like, wow, this is so fantastic. So I came in quite late to Tom Waits, sort of around that Rain Dogs, uh, Swordfish Trombones era yeah and then everything after that i've bought and absolutely love and i went back and listened to this early stuff and i think it took him a few albums before he really found himself but uh, I, my first track was bad liver and a broken heart
5: and i don't have a drinking problem when i can't get a drink i wish you'd have known no we were
3: and i think on that album it came the tom tom Trubert's blues era when he first found his gravelly voice and this is when he sort of became the tom waits that i know and i just yeah. love that album and i constantly go back to tom waits albums if anything in my collection and i come home and i want to listen to something i put on tom waits and i know instantly it's just it takes me to a different place it's just every album is just superb i finally um got to see him live actually at the, one of the bridge school concerts um oh, cool.
0: the neil young concerts yeah
3: neil young put on yeah. and uh, i remember we bought tickets and flew out there and i queued for ages and i was queuing and then my wife had a ipad with her and we got to security and security were like can't come in with that so they took her ipad and then they took my tickets and they said oh oh, hang on, you better come with us. And I thought, well, no, we're in trouble here. <laughs> and we'd bought these special box tickets, which I was uh, totally unaware of. And we were given a like a special backstage area and a box wow. to watch the band. And it was like, I was blown away. Absolutely amazing. And Tom Waits played. I couldn't fault him, I was pretty close. There was Neil Young played with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. They all came on mm. and played. Unfortunately, it was the day that Lou Reed died, passed away, oh. and all the bands came on stage and they did Oh so Sweet Nothing as a tribute to, to Lou Reed, and it was just a fantastic concert. So I'm really glad I got to, to see him play. Uh, I haven't seen him since, I don't think he's played live since, and that was back in 2013. Wow. But if um, hmm. anyone has been to see Tom Waits, it's something very special. He tells great stories, he's just a fantastic, live performer. As you know, you just have to watch some of his Letterman shows and things like that where he's... Yeah. He's just something very special to me. I'm just so glad I saw him. Oh. That's a cool experience. Yeah, yeah. But it takes me to that toilet when I hear him. Bob first, (laughs) leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I just... (laughs) wish I'd paid more attention at the time, you know, I was just,
2: you know, but that happens to all of us. Harley is that we were different people back then. And then as we get older, you know, we change our musical cha- uh, changes. Yeah. Sometimes there was bands that I was like, Oh, whatever. But then as I get older, I'm like, wow, I'm so sorry that I yeah, missed them or true. that I didn't yeah. give them the chance because like for me, suede, I wasn't a huge suede fan back in 93. Cause in, in the U S we got metal Mickey metal Mickey's which great. I was like, okay. And Come I think what really hurt Suede, yeah, well, they have much better songs, Animal Nitrate, you know, the Down, the Drowners, all of them. But um, when that album came out in America, everyone thought it was like two dudes kissing on the album cover. No, so ever. I think in America, it just didn't fly in 93, 94, which is okay. but it's actually two women kissing. Yeah, which is OK. Yeah, I don't know. Now it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Oh, yeah, it's different. Totally different. Um but I just think that in America now, one wouldn't even blink an eye, they'd go, oh, okay. But back then it was still, uh-oh, if I touch that, you know, I, I'm, I may get, you know, soiled in some way or something, I don't know. But still great music, still great music. All right, well, just kicking off my top five songs with the word heart in it, in the title, is a timeless love song that just rips your guts out. I know that this band they got a show coming up in the uk and i follow martin fry on social media and he said that they had to uh get a bigger venue because uh the outcry for tickets was so great but uh for me at number five off Lexi- uh, lexicon of love uh, abc all of my heart from 1982 mm. so good that's song, my good number choice. five song right there love that's abc wish upon a star if that might help you guys ever get to play with them
4: no well, again no. no it was so it was such a, a chasm between styles and genres yeah. no british who yeah. would put us on with abc ah. yeah
1: I,
2: I could see it now though that'd be a great like festival yeah okay.
1: Yeah, I think they do tour, don't they Earth in those Earth. sort of 80s uh yeah, revival tours. You know. I saw
2: them like 14 months ago in Dana Point, California, and uh, I was blown away. The band is great. Martin Fry sounds awesome.
3: Oh, amazing.
2: Yeah. Is he
3: still wearing his gold suit? Is it a silver suit or a gold suit?
2: Yeah, he well, does have nice suits that he wears and some but it, it's not all gold. It's usually okay. gold trim oh. now. So, it's
0: 2023. A little ah, yeah all right andrea and or matt do you have one or
1: yeah the one that i immediately thought of uh, massive influences as you everybody will know this um on the darling buds and so much music that's around now but i'm gonna pick blondie heart of glass yeah all right because it's just amazing and um, love Debbie Harry. As as we are name dropping a lot as well on this show, I have Good, met as you Debbie should. Harry. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did meet her once at a, here we go. Ready for this one. Thompson twins party. Oh, that okay. I went to. And um, yeah, she was just we just said hello. Hello. And how are you? And that was that. But uh, yeah, I met her in the flesh.
3: <laughs> I like that pun. By I think way. I danced with her at that party.
1: Did you? Yeah, yes yeah.
3: her and Kirstie McCall so Kirstie McCall yeah. oh, Kirstie Thirsty. McCall da-
1: Kirstie McCall danced with me I know that yeah, so I think know I
3: kind of squeezed in there with Kirstie and <laughs> Debbie and did a little dance
1: <laughs> yeah
3: you would have been a fool not to oh. Harley yeah I'm not quite sure the Thompson Twins really knew who we were they just they came into the studio no, and great. invited us to this party they said "Hey, we were recording at the time and they just came in and yeah. said hey come to this party you tease like
1: Nice place. They had a nice gaff, didn't they? An old church.
3: Yeah. Do you know what? I I cannot
2: remember it. He had the, the six drinkers, eight drink minimum that night? What was that, Harley?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I had my fight yeah. before
2: I got there, I think. Well, yeah. well, well, well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
4: All right, so anybody else, uh Matt, do you have a okay, song? Okay, yeah, yeah. I was gonna pick Keys to Your Heart by the 101ers. Yeah. Which is uh Joe Strummer's pre-clash band. I picked this because of... Um, Joe Strummer lived in Newport before he joined the clash where we did... Where we did, our little town in Newport, is not famous for much. But people do like to tell the story of when Joe Strummer lived here uh, before he joined the clash, and he was a grave digger. He just used to couch surf a few friends' houses who were students in the town, and he got a job as a grave digger. Calvary. Famous picture that everybody knows locally of him, uh, some, some art students, some photography students took of him uh, digging a grave in, a, in the local graveyard. There's a reference in the song to being an undertaker, so I always think that he wrote the song while he was in Newport before he moved to London and formed the 101, and, but it's a fantastic song. And we were in the studio recently and uh, playing CDs just while we were recording and uh, the sound, the engineer we use put this, put this 101 a CD on and uh, so we listened to it
0: quite a few times and it's fantastic so great breakdown in the middle. Excellent that was a very strong honorable mention for me.
5: Hello Pantheon podcast listeners Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
0: All right, so that takes us to number four's good first round here. So for my number four, I was trying to decide between two of my favorite power pop spiked punk songs. One was from San Diego's very own zeros with their brilliant 1978 single beat your heart out, but I know that I picked that fairly recently. So I went with option B, which is from Belfast punk band protex and their 1980 single A place in your heart. So Protex, and if anybody has not seen the movie Good Vibrations about the Belfast scene at the time, which brilliant film. It's a brilliant film. So, you know, there is Rudy, the outcasts, most notably the undertones, who are pivotal in this really fertile, great local punk scene that Terry Cooley captured on his Good Vibrations label. So they put out one EP on Good Vibrations. Future was looking really bright. They signed to Polydor, major label contract. Released three singles and then got dropped. They had an album that was left in the can, ultimately came out in 2010, highly recommended. A Place in Your Heart was their final Polydor single. It's just unimaginable to me that. You could release such a gem of a song and then get cut by your label. But I guess if you're not selling, you're out. Despite the band's working class image and cribbing their name from the Clash song, Protex Blue, even without being aware of what Protex actually was, the chaps just really want a little love. Is it a crime to need someone other than just one night? Oh, well, no, it's not. on the concept of the heart as this place where there's a finite amount of affection available and they just want a little sliver of real estate there so anyway it's a blast of a record and they not only get a place in my heart but they get a place on my list so protex a place in your heart good song text all right how about another one from you harley
3: okay Another one from me. Right, I had um, Temptation Inside Your Heart, the Velvet Underground. I'm picking all American stuff here. I mean, the Velvet Underground classic, they influenced me big time. When I was first playing guitar, we used to cover their songs in bands, and one of them's Welsh, of course never got to see them live but again it's just all of their albums i just keep coming back to and i can put them on and they're great i'm not some of the lou reed stuff i can take or leave but um the velvet underground had something very special i think and we used to do femme fatale as a cover song when we first started and when i used to play in a band before the darling Birds with Chaz, we used to cover a lot of their stuff and it was just powerful it was different I know where the razor's edge is inside of your heart. Motown. It's not Ooh. even five feet. Well, if you're gonna make it right, you're surely gonna end up wrong. You don't look like Martha Van i Oh, just gonna start it all over again. So it was one out. of those times when you had a record that no one else really owned because everyone else thought it was just two-way out there, which made me want to like it more, you know? If that makes sense, it's kind of like, yeah, this is so different. Yeah. Uh, So that's my choice.
0: And they say that every Velvet Underground fan went out and formed their own band. So there we have it. That's what they say.
3: Yeah. And there was a lot of influence. I mean, if you look at early Primal Scream, all those indie bands at the time Mm -hmm. that were coming out were all influenced by the Velvet Underground. And they all had a little bit of Velvet Underground sound. You can hear it in all those indie bands from the C86 era, you know?
0: Yep, that chugging, droning guitar. Simple
3: drums, Jesus and Mary Chain, or a classic sort of child of the the, the Velvet Underground, yeah. Anybody can play it. In a way, that's what was good about it, is that,
2: yeah, you could just get up and do it. And then, of course, I jumped the gun, so uh, I'm not supposed to be the meat in the middle. So, Andrea, what's your number four?
1: I am going with Nirvana heart-shaped box and <laughs> this is um, well it's brilliant great song but also the video for this has um, the old fella in it that's on that's you know in the um
4: you have been crucified. I was going say, yeah, ah, crucif- yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I did. yeah. yeah, him, he was in one of our videos for Please Yourself.
0: Oh, really?
1: So we were the, the the video that Matt was talking about, where we came to LA and filmed in this um, quite grand old 1930s sort of house in Los Angeles somewhere. Um, we were in the basement of it. And uh, that chap, I wish I knew his name, and this, this um, actress as well. Um, brilliant features great features both of them had they were very striking both elderly and uh, they were in our video arguing all the time weren't they they never got yeah, on
4: yeah they never met they didn't know each other but they, <laughs> they didn't but know they each other they were just other, these but... old sort of character actors from the you know that the agency had sent yeah uh, probably from like they, the
1: golden era yeah, yeah. or something weren't and they they just bickered it
4: was... the whole time it was like get a room yeah.
3: <laughs> so
1: there were loads of cats in that video or Yeah, i don't to say that. Um, there were loads of cats. And mice. Loads of, um, little kittens mice. and cats all over the place. I remember it was mice. And it mice, mice yeah. But there's a little connection to the Buds was that uh, this, this wow. the man.
4: I remember we was, before In Neutro came out, our video came out, and then I think Card Chick Box might have been the first single from In Neutro And when we saw the video on MTV... They're like, that's that guy. That's
1: that guy who was in our video. Yeah.
4: Yeah, look at that.
1: So we were first again. We had him in our video. Yeah, you were first. Trendsetters. Trendsetters, 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 period. He looks exactly like Salvador Dali as well, doesn't he? He had that sort of scraped back (laughs) hair and a big um, moustache, and yeah, very just sort of, you know, dapper chap. In our video.
0: Apparently, kurt Cobain wanted William S. Burroughs, but uh, couldn't get him. So then they went with somebody who is yet to be named.
3: Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, Fred. We'll, we'll call him Fred. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Fred. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Fred.
2: <laughs> All right, Matt, you're number four.
4: <laughs> okay. um I'll go with the beat, or use you call them, the English beat. those of your house. We call it, well, I call them. Which the one of my favorite bands of the beat from a two tone era. Um, I love all their... They the three albums, they're all brilliant. And uh, great singles band. And they, their records sound really otherworldly. Weird, weird production on all their records. Not weird, but just unusual. And they they're this weird sort of chemistry between them.
0: you know feel at the stars of my heart
4: Band, everyone knows their singles, but when you actually go and listen to one of their albums, it's um, they sound incredible, you know, just sort of uh, mm. uh, amazingly produced records and uh, yeah. great lyrics. I was a latecomer to punk, really, but um, the two tone thing was it, it, you know, we were all still very tribal, and you kind of if you were into one thing, you weren't really in- allowed to be into something else, but I didn't care. How's I? Was like, I love this, <laughs> you know, ah. it's uh, I love just you know, the specials, madness. I loved mm-hmm. all those I loved all those bands yeah uh, the beat are the ones I f- keep going back to their record set still sound really fresh they're still
0: touring or he's still touring Dave yeah. Yeah, Dave Waidling yeah. still yeah. tours Roger yeah.
4: died didn't he uh, actually a few years uh, he and, did
0: yeah, sadly because he had his own version I think of the beat that was yeah. going yeah. yeah
4: they were good I saw those lives they, they, they were good and then um, Dave's beat toured recently uh, yeah but I didn't go so I think I think, I, was, I think we might have been playing. I was just playing the gig with someone else, and possibly. some reason I couldn't go anywhere, unfortunately.
2: My number four, it comes from a band that just always hits a nerve. And it was a very intelligent pick I have with Andrea. Nirvana, Heart Shaped Box, 1993. Mm. So mm. that was my number oh. four also. So I'm glad I let the ladies go first. Yes. <clears throat> Got to let the ladies yeah. go first. So. <laughs> I
1: appreciate that. Thank you.
2: So I'm just copying her. Again, you were first. Great minds and all that. <laughs> I'm just following. Of course. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Right.
0: There's there's a trend
1: exactly. here. Exactly.
2: I know Darling Buds first, yeah. and then people <laughs> then jump on the, the, the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to jump on this. Although, bandwagon. unlike
0: Madonna, we are not hoping for you to cover a Darling Buds song at any Maybe time. Maybe I could do something but mm. uh, Probably not. I mean, let's face it. But you,
2: know, you <laughs> n- never say never is what my it's little.
1: Exactly. You never know.
2: Never say never. Yes. Right. That's true. So there you go. That's true. All right. So we got to uh, keep this moving. But first, we want to hear some Darling Buds music. So um, what song do we have? Anything new we can world premiere or something off the box set? What would we like to play?
4: Oh, you asking us. <laughs> yeah, we're asking. Yeah, the darling. Yeah, the band who's the music. <laughs> the one, the yeah. One special, the one thing that on the from our sort of meetings and trawling through tapes, the one big surprise was a song called Why Bother Neb, which was recorded for Erotica, but left off and put aside for a, a possible B-side, which never happened. It was completely forgotten about until we started um, mining the old cassette tapes. It was just such a brilliant song. Um, we were all amazed that uh, it was it was forgotten about. But Luckily Sony had a copy of that we, we didn't end up using our wobbly cassette on the uh, actual box set, because turned So need to like, add it locked in the vault so they have it you add a decent uh, recording of it
2: so band vote is that the one we're going to go with
3: okay <laughs> All right. okay there we go yeah. Yeah, whatever. all right
2: <laughs> darling buds some music from them and then we'll be back to continue our list of the top five songs with the word heart in its title on the only three lads podcast
1: This is Tracy Tracy from the Primitives and you're listening to the Only Three Lads podcast.
5: Thank you for
2: sticking around. It is the Only Three Lads podcast. Don't forget, we are on all the platforms, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple, the iHeartRadio app. You can uh, go to Google, and Dora, Amazon, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. You can just tell your smart speaker, play the Only Three Lads podcast. And this week we have a great Third Lad, it's the Darling Buds.
3: Hello, hello, hello. Collective
2: Third Lads. Yes, it's exciting. Thank you for joining it's us. It's exciting, and we're talking about our top five songs with the word "heart" in its title. Now, that's why Brett, we couldn't go with songs with "heart" because then you think Anne and Nancy Wilson, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I love Seattle. I love that band. Just not. There's way more songs this way than the other way.
0: The way we're doing it. Yes, but it's in quotes. Songs with heart. Yes. Quotes. There you go. Yes. So, Matt, you joined at the tail end of the erotica era when the band was at a turning point, moving to L.A. Sounds like you guys probably have some wild stories in L.A. Did you sense that you were joining a band whose days were maybe numbered or was there still like, you know, hey, let's carry on?
4: Uh, Not at all at the time. No, I, I mean, because we were friends and uh, Harley, Chris gave me a copy of the album. Uh, while it was being recorded, I thought this just excellent. You know, it's just really good, you know, taking it to the next level, really. I knew they'd be up against it in the UK because um, that's the way UK goes with, um, you know, music trends. But we had a really amazing tour in the States and there was so much uh, enthusiasm for us and the album from what we saw, you know, but, uh, the great time in the band really, really... Uh, it was really enthusiastic and everyone, you know, all the all the label was enthusiastic over there. Meanwhile, back in Britain, it was going, you know, as we'd imagined, really. So we really thought the future was uh, in the States, you know, to take it to the next level. So it was really exciting. You know, the first thing, I mean, I, I was sort of on the periphery of a band for a while. And then first thing I did when I was able to give up my job in the factory was um, fly to L.A. to do the video for Use yourself. So it was like a massive culture shock for me, cool. and uh, yeah. amazing. I think that's why I remember such weird things because I had such a amazing culture shock. You know, from uh, factory work to uh, recording a video in LA yeah plus you flew out of
0: wales and then you landed in the land of palm yeah, trees yeah 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 we loved you over here i mean yeah you were played a lot on alternative radio like i said mtv's 120 minutes was the first place i ever saw any of your videos you could have done very well over here
1: yeah we should have maybe we should have stuck at it a bit longer <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you, you have the L.A. demos on the unreleased disc of the box, which are really great. And to me, they sound very much of the time like you were. I mean, you were very awkward on
1: dressed. you dressed for your pleasure. You feel beautiful.
2: Can you spell that for me?
3: No, okay. to say it, I, have to to
0: I won't say it again
2: either. Wow, he uses these five. That's like a $10 word. And there's a lot of times <laughs> I'm just
0: amazed. Uh, Brett is the academic of this podcast. So, oh, you're, you you're a funny man. You're a funny man. <laughs> so there's three of the demos on the box set. Is there more hanging out there? At what point did you decide to abandon those uh, sessions?
4: Yeah, I think there's about six or seven maybe uh, songs from that. We picked the best three, I think.
1: Yeah, there was. I think they just weren't quite finished or something, weren't there? There they, they were sort of lyrics and or there was melodies or, or bits and bobs, sort of pre-demo demo, yeah. if you know what I mean. So yeah. it wasn't sort of demo enough. It was just ideas. So, um, but yeah, there was a lot of stuff. We were, we were still writing a lot, and. Um, we used to go to this chap, Naz, didn't we? This uh, chap, Naz, let us use his um, yeah. his garden, Dave summer Nazworthy. house place. Yeah, Dave Nasworthy.
4: Yeah, he was in a band, The Chemical People. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had the in garden, which was filled in, but it was a full house for people, converted into a, a practice studio for his band and other bands. And a friend of our management knew him and we were... Uh, which, we used to practice in his uh, practice room where we were in LA. In his
1: garden, yeah. In LA.
4: We used to catch the bus from um, Los Feliz. Frank Yeah, in. In Los, yeah. And uh, we used to catch the bus to take about three quarters of an hour. We didn't have a car, we used to, every morning we catch the bus down the yeah. Beverly Hills.
1: Meet me there, because I was staying somewhere different, well, yeah.
3: Uh, we, we didn't have a car until Dennis came yeah. along, and then Dennis <laughs> had it, like a beaten up 70s. <laughs> But then it was safer to and take it, the uh, bus yeah, and to go yeah, with Dennis.
4: Yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we found a drummer out there yeah. called Dennis, who was a guy from yeah, Dennis he the menace. Boston or is he, <laughs> but he ended up in LA playing in bands. But his car
1: was like, like, car was like Sestarsky in House, wasn't an it? Datsun.
4: It was an old yeah. yellow Datsun, wasn't it? <laughs> you, had
1: yeah, and and you, you had to climb into the windows. You had to climb into the windows <laughs> to get yeah, in. After
4: a few days, I will catch the like, bus Dennis, We'll see you later.
3: <laughs> safer yeah. but he he had a great play he lived in downtown la yeah. and he had this uh, apartment there and he had like a, a collection of old jukeboxes yeah, yeah, yeah. oh cool! Uh, and yeah and he had like loads of, and you'd say what do you want to listen to and we'd listen to all these really old records that he still had in these jukeboxes and we used to love going down there in, into his apartment he was just he was a very cool person. Yeah, New a real character, car. yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. Co- I don't
0: know what great. he's doing now. But Downtown L.A. has changed quite a bit. Back then, it was not the most desirable of areas. No, I remember going down there to Dallas' place, and it was,
4: yeah, it was really safe to be. But I was there a couple of years ago, and I was like, I was driving around that area, and I thought, this place is unrecognizable for, for uh, you know. Well, yeah. where did you guys stay when you were in L.A.? We were in... Uh, well, Andrea, you were with our manager, weren't you? You had a room.
1: Yeah, I, I stayed with Barbara, who was our manager, on um, Larrabee Street off... Sunset. Sunset, yeah. By the Viper Room, just yeah, down the road yeah. from the Viper Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
3: was a bit of a story because we we arrived and they put us into like a, a motel and they said, oh, this is where you're staying. We thought, oh, this is okay. We can. I can handle this. And then two days later, they said, now you've got to find somewhere because we're not paying <laughs> for you to stay here anymore. I <laughs> yeah. thought, well, what are we doing? How much are we spending, you know? But um, we went to the whiskey to see, I can't even remember what band it was, Matt. Sebado. Sebado. And ah. absolutely fantastic. We saw, and we bumped into these guys and we chatted to these guys and they said, well, we told them our predicament, you know, we're from England. We need somewhere to stay. And they said, come and stay with us. And we ended up living oh. there. And these two guys were like storm chasers. So they'd disappear as soon as a bit wow. of wind arrived. They'd be off. <laughs> and then we just seemed yeah, to live yeah. there. The police came to the apartment quite a bit when they weren't there. Yeah. yeah. And we used to drink in the pub yeah. just round yeah. the corner, and Tim Roth used to come in, and we used to, Matt used to sit and chat to Tim Roth. Yeah,
4: and- I tried to. He wasn't very responsive. It was just when Reservoir Dogs was, uh, was out, wasn't it? And, uh, yeah. He used to go in there. We we were on um, Franklin, Vermont, uh, uh, the area of Los Feliz. And it was a Seven Eleven on yeah. one corner and a pub on the other corner. And we used to get off the bus from practice, go in a Seven Eleven to get hot dogs and beans for our dinner, and then go to the pub. <laughs> the <night and laughs>
0: living like rock stars.
1: Cowboys.
0: <laughs> Directly
4: across from the house we were in was Glen Danzig's <gasps> house. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, you he, he have this black Porsche in the drive. And it looked like the Admirals Family house. They had like sort of um, these railings with creepy vines all over in there. Never saw him coming a go. No,
3: nah, and I'm sure the police came to us and they should have been going across the way. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. Misdirected. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure there is nothing nefarious going on in the darling bud's house. No, no. Well, Andrea, when you were in LA, <laughs> let's get the list of the famous actors
2: and musicians that hit on you. Ready? Go.
1: <laughs> None. None I can remember. God. Oh come on. Oh lies. No, lies. lies. Come on. No, we used not. to go to the not Viper one. rooms.
3: We used to go to Viper. So when when Andrew was staying in Larrabee, the, the Viper Rooms wasn't the Viper Rooms then. It was the central... And I used to go up the road and drink in the central. And it was one of those places where you go in and it's like a five drink minimum or something. But that didn't bother me (laughs) at all. Is that all? Is that all? That's fine. I was like, well, I have to drink five drinks now. And then I think um, Johnny Depp bought it and changed it into the Viper Rooms. So we Mm -hmm. continued to go to the Viper Rooms. So I think we were one of the first bands that played the Viper Rooms. But Mm -hmm. we used to go in there and it was... Studied with famous people. Everyone you knew was, yeah. in, was in there. Well,
4: well, I remember we played one gig in there. Pearl Jam played at a valve. And um, yeah. I looked out well, while we were playing. I looked out across the room and Cher was standing in front of me. And then it, wow. it was the whole cast of Beverly Hills 90210. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Shannon <laughs> Doherty and uh, yeah. uh, what's it? Spelling. Luke Perry. Yeah. yeah Jason Priestley. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jenny Garth. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, Christina Applegate was there Applegate, oh yeah From *Marriage With Children Yeah
1: I Mm. I can remember being in a booth One of those sort of like little booth things It was Sarah Jessica Parker one side And there was Christina Applegate the other side And I was just having a a girly chat with these girls And uh, yeah, we were all about the same age as well Yeah, It's, it's mad really, isn't it? Jim Jarmusch, Johnny Depp, the Chili Peppers R.E.M. Yeah, oh, yeah, or, yeah. Just and no was, dude yeah. hit on
3: you. That's no. why I'm the no, lie. <laughs> I just tell about the smile on your face. You have somebody's no.
4: stories. Oh, we were we
3: were very protective. I bet it's like I your were. sister. You had you're a like a her. gang. Yeah, I found out that Christina Applegate lived on Wonderland Avenue, but she never took me there,
2: <laughs> which
0: was uh. a shame. Well, I think I had uh, posters of everybody in that booth that night and on my yeah. wall. see. Sarah <laughs> Jessica Parker, probably not. Because that was No, I word. didn't. You're right. Yeah.
2: Um what, Square Square Pegs was the TV oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they they were all in, in something together at the time. And a guy that had um that that well, I can't remember. It huh. doesn't matter. I that now. <laughs> I don't know. It does <laughs> matter. No. I was hanging on that word. I'm like, what is it? Yeah, he had that 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 snooker ball is it snooker or pool? Snooker. Pool, ball. Oh, I don't know. It's pool mm. here, but. Is it? Know,
0: it's all pretty yeah. much the same, right?
1: But he had that on the end of a walking stick. Oh. Who's that? Mm. I can't remember his name. No.
3: Ooh. I haven't got a clue what you're talking about. Mr. Crowley? <laughs> it, I, don't, sounds, had, he like <laughs> I don't know. sounds. I'd had my five
2: drinks
0: by then. Yeah. you were not six. Who
1: cares? Yeah. 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 Whatever. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Bowling. <laughs>
0: All right, ready to hop into number three? Let's do it. So, for my number three, I'm going to tell you a little tale about a band called Rabbit. R A B B I T T. So, they were a wildly successful South African mid 70s pop rock band. So, think pandemonium everywhere, girls chasing them a hard day's night style, pin up photos in teen magazines, a whole thing. If it wasn't full scale Beatlemania, It was at least the South African equivalent of the Bay City Rollers, but I'll get to that shortly. So for their first two albums, 1975's Boys Will Be Boys, and 1977's A Croak and A Grunt in the Night, the star of the show was a young man named Trevor Rabin. He was a prodigious guitarist and songwriter who also happened to be a dreamboat with smoldering eyes. So he was responsible for a majority of the band's songs and also some of the progier overtones of those songs. And then, of course, in the 80s, he would join the band Yes to give them their biggest hit with another heart song, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Mm. But I did not pick that. I don't think you'll ever see Yes appear on one of my lists. (laughs) But the other mastermind in the band was Duncan Fora, who would later become Les McEwen's replacement as the lead singer of, yes, the Bay City Rollers for the three albums when they simply became the Rollers. So anyway, so back to Rabbit. So when Trevor Rabin, Left Rabbit for a solo career after their second album. They would soldier on, the other three members, and record one last album, which was 1977's Rock Rabbit. So, with raven's classical influence out of the way, Rock Rabbit is just wall to wall, Beatlesque, power poppy goodness, including my number three song this week, Love in My Heart.
3: Now sit alone and dream of even just a call from you.
0: love song. It's built around piano and the spacey synth. It's beautiful. It's heartfelt. It's sappy, but not overly saccharine. But it's also sadly largely unknown outside of Johannesburg because it was never released anywhere else. But Fora can never quite decide whether he wanted to be Lennon or McCartney. So on this track, he kind of splits the difference really nicely. So it's a great tune. It's a great record. They're a great band. Number three, Rabbit, Loving My Heart. Not familiar with that. I'm not surprised. No, nobody. It was never released anywhere else besides South Africa. And I had to get a very expensive copy of it from Discogs because I'm a Bay City Rollers nut. And Matt, each and every week, Brett gives
2: us lots of homework. So you guys will be leaving with assignments. So, you know, you can, this may end for you, but it may never end. So uh, just You will be aware. carry this
0: with you all your days. All week long. Yeah, we've all got, can You Can see me making notes? You can
3: see me writing about it. Um, all this, I'm writing all this down
0: Alright, Harley
3: you, uh, My my next choice is a track called um, Sweet Sweet Heart by The Vibrators I, I guess I chose this really because we've got big connections with the band The Vibrators, as you know, Pat Collier was Ew, the bass yes. player and he produced our first album
0: a Sweet Sweet Heart
3: I'm absolutely great with Pat. Brilliant. An absolute brilliant person. And while we were recording the album, Knox used to come to the studio all the time. I remember him cool. driving us around in his beat up old van, taking us to gigs and stuff when we were playing. <laughs> and they were just fantastic people. But uh, it's a really great track. It's a pure, just pure pop song. If, i'm not sure the year 76 or 77 somewhere around there but uh they were first noticed where i think mickey most signed them to his rack label initially and they did the first track we vibrate and, and then signed to epic which is another connection really because that was all part of the cbs sort of thing and i think that's how cbs knew pat and we we got involved with pat in the first place but uh we we recorded at the greenhouse Studios, Uh um, so that's my uh, choice.
0: Vibrators were such a great band. Mm, yeah, they were. Knox, I think, hooked up with the Hanley Rocks guys.
3: Yeah, they had a bit of a glam edge to them, didn't they? Yeah, Knox hooked up with everyone. I, I think, from what I remember, he was just cra- <laughs> he was just crazy. He was he was just way out of there. He was always full of life, yeah. no matter what was happening. He'd be bouncing around and like, come on, come it. on, let's go, and he'd be like. So much energy, he was just great. So, what was his drink minimum? (laughs) 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 Eight, I'd say it's a lot more than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, coming from the uh, you know, the punk
0: rock, were those sessions, I mean, were they structured or were they a little looser?
1: No, they were really structured because he'd also had um, huge success with Walking on Sunshine with Katrina and the Waves, he he produced that. So I think that was also a, as well as, you know, um, loving the vibrators, he also sort of produced that sort of more poppy girl singing kind of stuff. So that kind of brought us in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Wouldn't you say, Harley?
3: It was quite structured. I think Pat liked to have it that way. We'd kind of stroll in and he'd be like, you know, come on. He liked everything to be sort of. We start here, we do this, we have lunch, we do this, we finish.
1: And then we go and have five pints Over after the. Um... Yeah,
3: somewhere. We, <laughs> Knox would take Literally us.
1: Literally every night. Knox would take us somewhere different. Hey, come on, come yep, on, let's go. Oh, oh.
2: so
3: it's like, oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Hey, the label was paying the bar bill, right?
1: Yeah. So let's go. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think they, they regretted that. I think
3: we got into trouble a few times over bar bills, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we did get into quite a lot of trouble with CBS Sony with bar bills, and also they were very silly and they would always give us lots of booze on the rider or, or, or give us gift, gifts of champagne at the marquee. Remember that?
3: <laughs> yes, a right. bloody
1: basket of full of champagne, like six bottles of champagne, was delivered Whoa. to the marquee venue in on Charing Cross in London. Well, what else can you do? It
3: was a mistake. It was a mistake. It was a mistake. But talking about bar bills, we did a Midsummer Festival in Europe and we supported the Pogues and the Stray Cats. Surprise, surprise, we were on the bill. And we were staying in the same hotel as the Pogues because the Stray Cats refused to stay anywhere where the Pogues were staying. (laughs) So I'd be in the bar and Shane was in the bar and he'd be like, everyone knew him he looked like death warmed up everyone knew him and he'd be like yeah drink for my friend drink drink and he'd be buying everyone drinks and then he'd disappear and i remember once or twice i got stung with huge bar bills because i was there like come on harley you gotta pay and i ended up having to pay some of shane mcgowan's bar bills which were phenomenal i would imagine yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so there's
0: a guy who can drink
3: oh boy I remember when some of the gigs they used to get like a sack truck and pick him up in a sack truck and wheel him onto the stage and he'd probably sing one song and then they'd have to drag him off stage again. I've got some photos backstage with uh, Spider and we're having a drink and we've got the caravans, it's, it's the Pogues and mm. the Island Birds and it was a great tour, but boy. But your liver was incredible. kind of
2: bruised afterwards. I
3: yeah, <laughs> but bad, <laughs> going back to my Tom Waits song. Broken liver, yeah, bad, no, yeah. bad, bad <laughs> yeah. limb, broken heart. It was a, it was
0: a... <laughs> All right, I think we went. uh Do we go Andrea next? India. Okay. Yep,
1: yeah, another sort of pop one, really, from me, and it's dum 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 dum. Groove is in the heart by Delight, yeah, which is just a classic song. I absolutely love it. It would always get everyone on the dance floor. Uh, I think it's early nineties or nineteen ninety. back, me filled with satisfaction when we're done. Satisfaction of what's to come. I couldn't ask for another.
3: No, I couldn't ask for another. Right. Young groove, I do deeply dig. No walls, only the bridge. My cup of dish,
1: my frickin'. I had a uh, Saturday morning radio show on BBC Wales um for a bit. And uh, this used to be one of our favorites that we'd open the show with because it was great Saturday morning. <laughs> get you out of bed song. Um, get you dancing. So yeah, delight. Groove is in the heart.
2: Great Excellent pick. pick. Excellent pick. All right, All right Matt. Matt.
4: I've got a niche one for you. Band's called Sister Double Happiness. Mm. Um, it's The uh, song's called Dark Heart. They were the band that Gary Floyd formed after the Dicks. Who we were classic. Texas punk band uh, well after the Dicks disbanded he formed with a drummer I think uh, a band called Sister Double Happiness and they they had a couple of really good albums on major labels but Gary Floyd was kind of people know him because the bottle surfers wrote a song called Gary Floyd which was, was about him but he's this phenomenal singer. You know, even though he came from sort of hardcore background, he had this huge bluesy voice, I mean, big man. When, he, when they sort of um, started Sister Double Happiness, I they became more uh, something, matured a bit. The sound got a bit more, uh, you know, slowed down and rockier, bluesier, I suppose. But I it suited his voice perfectly. And um, this is like a really nice slow song, which is, uh, it's about sort of tending kids off to war. And because uh, they were real sort of anti-authoritarian uh, sort of band. They had songs like Hate the Police, didn't they? The Dicks, <laughs> you know, they were really sort of uh, radical. Sister Double Happiness were, you know, uh, not as um, fiery, I suppose, but they were they were actually lyrically, but um, it, was, uh, it wasn't was as obvious, I suppose.
5: There's a dark heart growing from it. Your face is cold and still And rest
4: in If you don't know Gary Floyd, you should uh, check him out because he's a fant- fantastic, huge, huge voice and uh, more people should know about him.
0: Definitely. And they recorded for SST. Yeah, yeah, first,
4: first, first album was SST. Yeah, they were... Yeah. And then uh, I think well, when Grunge happened and major labels just hoovered up as much anyone with a guitar and a, <laughs> you know a flannel shirt <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> a guitar a heroin yeah. addiction yeah. and uh, yeah. a few songs yeah. so they actually so did a they did a couple of major label album well i saw them actually um i saw them live in la after the bud split i went back to la with my wife uh, just for a trip and i saw Thelonious Monster monster we toured with playing in a club in la and um just a double happiness with playing as well. And Pearl Harbor and the Explosions with playing as well with East Bay Ray on guitar. the really? All huh? this bill. And uh, so I huh. got to see Gary Floyd singing live. I mean, chuffed about.
2: Well, at number three for me, there's always been a lot of uh, songwriting duos throughout music history. You know, McCarthy, Lennon, Jagger, Richards. Or McCartney. McCartney. Yeah. What, what did I say? I said, what did McCarthy, I say? close, close though. Oh, McCartney, yeah. yeah. We know who we're, I'm talking, again, English, English. I'm still <laughs> on uh, Bumble. Is that where you go to learn language, right?
0: Bumble, I think that's a dating app
1: duolingo isn't
0: um, it yeah there you duolingo go. okay yes. close bds whatever don't go to bumble expecting to learn much of anything anything
2: yeah no i get it um but of course then we have differed and tilbrook off R G bargy 1980 squeeze nail in my heart That's oh. my number three
0: yeah oh i nearly yeah. picked nice. that myself Yeah, me too
2: yeah that's uh i was listening to that all morning just going oh <laughs> wow that is just cool. great. Squeeze is great. They should have been way bigger. That's mm. like the darling buds, like how like your daughter said. You know, why weren't they, oh, they were, bigger they over
4: here? They, they were, were here. awesome over here. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Over here, Whoa. they should have had a lot cool.
5: more. <laughs>
0: They should. And our buddy Bueno, who's like the world's biggest squeeze fan, will hate me for this. But after East Side Story, things kind of went downhill a bit to me. I mean, I don't know. The, the quality waned a little bit. Did, They're they did. Cool for Cats through East Side Story, I think, are, is unassailable. Fantastic run. And then after that, it, I know, it
4: got a little hit and miss. Sweets from a Stranger was the one after that one. I think they had Black Coffee yeah. in Bed it was on that one. And that was They really yeah. kind of got a bit the quality started to dip a bit but they they had a few years off and they came back with um that song hourglass uh oh, hourglass eh, excellent yeah. absolutely great great pick and i'm sorry that i
2: missed the n N's are that's one of the one letter in the alphabet that i have a problem with so i do have a problem mccartney you missed an n yeah in mccartney but i said mccarthy oh. <laughs>
4: oh
0: yeah so that's well, where and I was and going. McCarthy. Sorry
2: yeah (laughs) Yeah, there's
0: There's a uh, fire sign theater (laughs) album waiting to happen there (laughs) exactly there you go there's plenty more to come from our conversation with the darling buds tune in next week for the exciting conclusion including more insights from the buds career their new box set killing for love and the top two choices from our songs with heart until then we will wave hello And say goodbye. The theme music is Frequency, written and performed by yours truly, Brett Vargo. Any other music in this episode is presented solely for purposes of review, examination, and news reporting. If you like what you hear, go to your record store and pick up the LP, CD, cassette, or 8-track, or stream it if you're one of those newfangled fancy pants. If we're lucky enough to still have these artists with us, go out and see some live music. For the latest updates, join the O3L community at facebook.com slash only3lads. We want to hear from you. And while you're at it, click on the Shop Now link for the coolest threads. Until next time, thanks for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's
5: time to start thinking about fantasy football.